I want to welcome everyone to this special night, this service um, on Ash Wednesday. Um, I hope everyone, uh, before we begin, uh, I'll talk you through it just a little bit because um, as I said in Sunday service, this is the last um, event in the COVID environment that we haven't been through together in the church calendar as far as uh, a significant church uh, holidays where we had to do things a little differently than we did before. Um, and so hopefully this will, we are emerging, I know it. Um, so I hope you picked up your bulletin and you picked up um, your ashes. This is not Italian vinaigrette. You don't want to eat this or take this home and put it on your salad. Um, but what it is, is ashes mixed with a few drops of oil. Uh, I'll talk about the symbolism of the, the oil and the ashes as we go through the service. But when we get to the time of the imparting of ashes, um, I will ask you, and this is your choice, and this is the different mechanism because of uh, COVID this year. Everybody has their own. And if you are with somebody that you live and or quarantine with, um, I invite you, uh, again, it's your option uh, to impart ashes on one another, make the sign of the cross uh, on their forehead. And if you are, are uh, by yourself tonight, then I invite you to do it on your own forehead or your hand or wherever you feel the most comfortable. Uh, it's a little odd. It's a little awkward. You've not done this before, but none of us have done this this way before. We've said that a lot in the last year. Um, and so this service is really about um, starting this Lenten journey. It's about returning to God. It's about new beginnings. And so as such, really, a lot of the service tonight is in the liturgy. It's in the extended confession time because that's where we are as we start this journey towards the cross and then to the empty tomb. So uh, the, the, uh, the confession's a little bit more extended. There's a, a lengthy um, litany in there that, again, help us to sink back into um, this forgiveness for which um, Christ has come to save us. So um, there's a brief homily, but it is just that, and it's really more an explanation of our understanding, and then we will move into the um, imposition of the ashes. And again, if, if you are by yourself, I encourage you to do that on your own forehead, the sign of the cross, uh, and invite you. It's your, your choice. Decide if you came with others. Uh, you can go ahead and have a little powwow about that. If you would like to do that to one another, or again, if you'd like to do that on, on yourself, um, which again is not our norm. But even the Pope said you can sprinkle it on everybody's heads and that will be okay this year. Um, but we're not doing that either. But everybody's changed a little bit. Um, are there questions about any of that before we begin? Okay. Uh, you also, um, again, a first for us. Everyone has a little hand towel <laughs> in their bulletin, and that is for after the imposition of ashes, not to wop your forehead off, but your finger or thumb, however you impart. Um, you can wipe that off and, and carry that out to the front, and we'll have a trash can in the narthex for you after the service. 
Last chance, any thoughts, questions, concerns? All right, let's worship God. Please join me in our responsive call to worship. We are invited into the story, into this place, into this hour of worship. We are invited into reflection, into community, in our own spiritual journeys. We are invited, the broken and bruised, the hopeful, the new, the faithful, the doubting, the wondering, the waiting. We are invited because God so loved. So listen, trust the invitation and bring your whole self. All are invited here. Let us stand and sing together just as I am.
Please be seated. And please join me in prayer. Lord God, we have gathered here in this place to willingly place ourselves in your presence. Lord, we ask that as we open our hearts and minds, that you would send your spirit, that we could hear your word, that we would welcome your transformation, that we seek renewal through your word, through this opportunity to be with you and with one another. So let us go differently than when we came in, and let us hear your word in our lives. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Your, one of your insert sides is a responsive reading based on Psalm 51, 1 through 17. If you recall, Psalm 51 is uh, one that is credited to King David, who after the Bathsheba incident um, was confronted by Nathan the prophet, uh, and after he is convicted of his wrongdoing, in killing Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, so he can be with her. He comes and he composes this hymn, this psalm. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgression, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone, have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. Create in me a clean heart, O God and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. And sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God, O God of my salvation and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. Friends, we too, like David, have sinned against God in our own ways. We have made intentional decisions. We have made decisions that we are not even aware of. And we have lived our lives somewhat turned away from God. And then moments when we are brought home. And then we turn again. And then God brings us back. This is our human cycle and our human paradox as we seek to be closer to Christ and yet we turn and walk away. So we are all in need of confession. We are all in the need 
just as David was for a savior. So with open hearts and minds, let us approach his throne of grace as we join in our litany of penitence printed in your bulletin. Uh, Please join me. Together we begin. Holy and merciful God, we confess to you and to one another and to the whole communion of saints in heaven and on earth that we have sinned by our own fault in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. Have mercy on us, O God. We have not listened to your call to serve as Christ served us. We have not been true to the mind of Christ. We have grieved your Holy Spirit. Have mercy on us, O God. We confess to you, O God, all our past unfaithfulness, the pride, hypocrisy, and impatience in our lives. We confess to you, O God, our self-indulgent appetites in ways and our exploitation of other people. We confess to you, O God, our anger at our own frustration and our envy of those more fortunate than ourselves. We confess to you, O God, our intemperate love of worldly goods and comforts and our dishonesty in daily life and work. We confess to you, O God, our negligence in prayer and worship and our failure to commend the faith that is in us. We confess to you, O God, accept our repentance, O God, for the wrongs we have done, for our neglect of human need and suffering and our indifference to injustice and cruelty. Accept our repentance, O God, for all false judgments and uncharitable thoughts toward our neighbors and for the prejudice and contempt toward those who differ from us. Accept our repentance, O God for our waste and pollution of your creation and our lack of concern for those who come after us. Accept our repentance, O God. Restore us, O God, and let your anger depart from us. Favorably hear us, O God, for your mercy is great. Amen. Two readings of Scripture tonight, 2 Corinthians and then from Matthew. So we'll begin with 2 Corinthians 5, 20 through 6, 10. Listen for the word of the Lord. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, at an acceptable time, I have listened to you, and on the day of salvation, I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have not commended ourselves in every way. Through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, 
by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. In honor, in dishonor, in ill repute, in good repute, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well known, as dying and see we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing everything. And secondly, Matthew 6, 1 through 6, and then 16 through 21. Be aware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, what is this Ash Wednesday really all about? Our Catholic friends began this many years ago. We think the imparting of the ashes has gone back even to the apostles. It was formalized in 325 at the First Council of Nicaea and began to be a part of what Christians did. Now, this kicks off our six-week journey to, to, from, in, in we call Lent that ends with the crucifixion and the resurrection. So as we look at this as one piece that we begin tonight, it begins with ashes and a focus on mortality on our own death, And then it ends where? The resurrection on Easter morning. It is the alpha and the omega of our lives. As we were created from dust, just as Adam and Eve were, all of us from common substance. We are all ending with resurrection at the end of this life. 
And so it is this journey that we begin tonight to prepare for what happens to ourselves and then Christ as we get closer to the cross and the empty tomb. So what is this business about the ashes? Seems a little unneat and a little not in good, decent order as we Presbyterians like. Seems a little messy, a little dirty. But again, we borrowed from our Catholic friends. If you look throughout the Old Testament, whether it's Second Samuel and in Esther and in Joel and in Daniel, the practice was clear in the Old Testament that ashes were a sign of repentance. It was a sign of mourning death. Even penance would heap coals on their heads. You, we, we are familiar with passages. Those passages exist in the Old Testament. And so from our Jewish friends, we lifted this and developed it into this understanding that as we begin this journey, it is a focus on our just humanity. And there's, that, that's not a negative thing. It's not to say that we are not important or special or that God's divine spark is not within each of us or all of us because it is. But this is a way to say, it takes us all the way back to Adam and Eve, to Genesis 3, 19, when they had been caught by God in the Garden of Eden after both eating the apple, and God came and realized that they had made clothes for themselves and realized that they had eaten. And so in the section where God says things are going to be much harder for you because of what you have done, at the end of that, in verse 19, it says, Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Well, that's a little bleak, isn't it? Absolutely it is. And that's the purpose for the focus. Because without Christ, without our faith, without a Savior... We simply return to the dust from whence we have come. But the joy and the hope is that because Christ came for us, we don't return to dust. At the end of this life, we will be resurrected as Christ was. And because he was, we will be. And so it starts a progression from death the first day of Lent today, to resurrection on Easter Sunday. And in between that, we have some work to do. I'll talk some more about this on Sunday, the first Sunday of Lent in a few days. But this is our chance to put away the sins and the failures of the past. What if we could really let it go? What if we could be free of those powers and systems that dominate us and keep us from really embracing who God created us to be in the journey that we really should be on? Do we spend more time on the feeder roads or on the highway that God called us on? This is our chance to look and to do the hard inner work of saying, you know what? With God's help, I can become more than I am. I can allow the Spirit to transform me and bring me closer 
and bring me home again. It's not just a time of death and then eventually we know we'll get to the resurrection. It's a time of renewal. And my God, is this not the time we all need renewal? Even in the depth of mortality and the understanding that all of us are going to die because we will. That's tonight's happy message as you leave this place. The joy in that is that we don't die, in fact. It is the new beginning to our new lives. And if we believe that, that cornerstone, the resurrection is at the heart of who we are for everything that we say that we are and we say that God and Christ are. If we believe it, then we need not fear. We don't have to live our lives in fear because God's done the heavy lifting already. That's been taken off of our plate. So that when our bodies die in this world, we know that's not the end. When those that we love go before us, we know it's not the end. For them and for us, we know where they are. We wish they could communicate with us and say, hey, we're home. But we know that because God keeps God's promises. And so as we begin this journey, it is one where we start with the basic substances of life, this ash that is a sign of our repentance, a sign of our mortality. Yes, we remind ourselves that this life is not forever. And yet, eternal life awaits. And there, friends, in lies our hope, our joy, as we follow a Savior who has done this for us already. The oil that is mixed in with this ash is that anointing oil that is, again, in our Old and New Testament tradition, is about healing. The oil that has come often will come with elders who pray in the Old Testament. Many Christians still practice anointing those in hospital rooms, those who are sick, those who need God's special guidance and healing. And so together it makes a powerful witness of our remembering that we are not gods. God is God. We are not in control of our own lives. Comfort and the, our illusion of control is just that. And that now is our chance to seek renewal. As we begin and start to take steps towards Jerusalem, this is our time to say we don't have to be dominated by that which separates us. We can be healed we can seek to move that may not all happen at one time or fit neatly in a little six-week period. But it's the next phase of our faith journey. And friends, I invite you to join me as we take it together. So as we join together and we bear this sign of the cross with our ashes and oil, 
The sign of the cross is to remind us of Christ, our Savior. The ashes of our own mortality, that without God we remain in that state, mere ashes, stuff of this world. But with the cross, we live again in this life and the next. The oil, again, a sign of the healing that we are seeking. The renewal to be more complete in our risen Savior. So I would invite you now to please stand. And before we open our ashes, look, look, look at me, look at me. Say this with me. I'll say it once and then invite you to repeat it. Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So again, I invite you, if you are with those that you are quarantining and or living with, I invite you to say to one another, remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And as if you are uh, uh, single here by yourself, um, I invite you to say it with me, and so we will all take a moment to impart on ourselves or on one another. Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And let's pray together. Great gods, this is one of those moments where we come to worship you, where we stand to be identified in the world as your children, as your followers. We come to you with broken spirits, with broken hearts and broken lives because we know you are a God of healing. We have placed the sign of the cross on our heads as a sign that we are yours. And without you, Lord, we are nothing. We are merely dust. And yet, through that symbol and through the empty tomb, you change the world forever and our lives in it. We seek your shalom, your wholeness. Help us to be faithful and focus in this journey in the next few weeks as we walk ever closer to your horrible and triumphant holy passion week. Help us to prepare ourselves, not see this as just another year, another time we do this and we do that, but yet a time to truly seek you and be different than when we start tonight. Lord, we pray for all those who are suffering tonight in mind, body, and spirit. We pray for those whom you have welcomed home that at the end of their life they did not return to dust, but they returned and came home to you and claimed their seat at your banquet table. So many we have lost, dear Lord. 
And yet the celebration in your kingdom rages on. Give us the courage to be your people here, to bring others to you so that they would know what we know about your saving grace, the renewal that came through your cross and resurrection, and the way that you seek to make them and us whole again. In your great name we pray, dear Lord. Amen. Let us sing together the response. So friends, as we go forward into the night, we know that we take the next step in our journey with Christ tonight. That step may be inward focused. That step might be outward focused. Maybe a step in each direction. But know that tonight we reflect on our mortality. And yet we know that we end with the resurrection. We know that we are seeking renewal and wholeness through the admission of the ways that we have sinned and that we carry the failures of the past with us. It's time to start 
to address those things and cut some of that mess free. So let our journey begin again as we walk together with the help of one another and the Holy Spirit toward Jerusalem, toward the cross, and toward the empty tomb. And now may God's Spirit fill your hearts and your lives. Be with you on this and every journey. Go with you on every step as you seek to look within and without to be bearers of Christ's grace in this world. Hallelujah. Amen.